The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Keith Campagna. Hey, welcome back, everyone, Googleization Nation, uh, to another episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization. A lot of Googleizations there. Uh, we continue to hope you, your teams, and your families are safe, staying healthy, pra- practicing good distancing and other prevention uh, as the country and our world struggles to find a new normalcy. Uh, there are so many structural, economic, social, political issues that have come out over the last few weeks. And despite the dangers, the uncertainty, uh, the unknowns, uh, we see a lot of human resiliency and human ingenuity and innovation. And for the most part, we see some signs of humanity coming through. Uh, But it's not all been pretty. Uh, The pandemic has affected nearly every human being on the planet. It's treated uh, a lot of people pretty unfairly and unequally. And uh, unemployment continues to rise. Um, We see a lot of stories about that. It makes headlines. Uh, We see the number of infected people, the number of deaths. That also makes the headlines. But there's an underlying dark side of inequality, uh, both social and income, and as well as some ageism. It's certainly affecting uh, older people. Uh, more than others, and we'll, it, how that affects the workplace it remains to be seen. Um, but after the pandemic goes, and after unemployment comes down, and after the number of infected and people starts to fall or plateau, um, these other stories about inequality are going to really linger for us for forever. Uh, they, they've sort of been an undercurrent up to now, and that's why I'm really excited today. We've got Vinay Singh, um, as a guest, um, Vinay and I met maybe two years ago. He can bring us up to date on that. And I, I don't, I think it came through Keith or Keith, maybe, maybe it came through you, you know, maybe he met you through me. I can't remember, but, um, <laughs> he's been studying, uh, and, and observing and, uh, is actually getting the, working on his PhD, uh, looking at the erosion of human, you know, the basically human folk, what he calls human focused strategies, and he wrote a Amazon bestseller called Your Future in Pieces. I highly I recommend you go up and grab it. Uh, but he'll be joining us soon. So we, we've got a, a pretty deep, a pretty heavy topic for geek skeezers and Googleization. Uh, but it's a really, really important one. And we don't want to miss this. So we're glad to take advantage of it and have Vinay uh, uh, share his thoughts and, and insights on it. Uh, before we get there, I just want to make a few announcements. Uh, if you're a member of Googleization Nation, you probably got a few emails from me. I'm really excited about a new webinar series that starts tomorrow. That's May 28th, Thursday at 2 p.m. Um, Dr. Ed Gordon, uh, who has published over 30 books uh, over his career on jobs and labor, and he's working on his latest white paper 
the 2030 jobs pandemic, the future of employment. Uh, you've heard us talk about what jobs and work and you know, technology is going to mean, you know, we, I've certainly been writing about it. Keith's been involved with it, but um, Ed's going to be part of a four-part series and uh, he's going to share a lot of his new research. Uh, we're hoping to have some Q&A, a lot of comments. And the first one's tomorrow at May, again, May 28th at 2 p.m. Uh, if you wonder, it's free, um, but I, you do have to register because I do have a limited number of seats for there. We still have some left, but we're, we're pretty much capping out. Um, so you can go to bit.ly, it's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash employability May 28. That's bit.ly forward slash employability May 28. Uh, or if you prefer, just can go to my LinkedIn page, Twitter. Uh, it's up there all the time. Or just uh, send me a, uh, an email. And I'll be happy to send you the link and, and get you registered. If you're not a member of Googleization Nation, we highly recommend you do. You get updates like this. And uh, there's a bunch more webinars that are coming down the pike. So GoogleizationNation.com. Keith, how have you been? Doing good, bud. Doing good. You know, it's interesting that we have Vinay here. And just to, I think, clear the record, I met Vinay at a talent board meeting in New Jersey and I think that's how the connectivity took place. And that might have been two years ago. Might have been yeah. two years ago, right around this day. Yeah, um, I know it happened around similar time around Disrupt HR. I, I just couldn't remember the exact yeah, sequence, yeah. but it doesn't really matter because we've been in contact ever since. So. For sure. And I, I, you know, I don't think there's a more passionate subject matter expert that I've met. Um, and if there is, they're a distant second to what Vinay is going to bring to the show today. But I think, Ira, it's incredibly timing, timely to have Vinay on the show, especially considering the unfortunate reality of unemployment right now. And I think the idea of creating awareness and maybe, it, what, you know, you know me, I'm a silver lining kind of guy, um, maybe talking about ageism and uh and and wageism and the 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 reality of it while so many people are are looking for a job or facing unemployment um maybe this is a good time so people could keep their mind focused on on the opportunity to fix this problem so i'm really looking forward to this show yeah as, as a lot of people then again you know because a lot of people are going to be starting over employee companies are going to be starting over a lot of people are are suggesting you know take a clean slate and and take this opportunity to see you know whether it's a career whether it's a business model uh whatever it is but it's certainly a lot of our policies i mean a lot of our policies our social policies our uh regulatory policies uh employment policies they were written for an age that has long gone by um, and, you know, even even in the world uh, as, as things evolve. So it'll be really interesting. So you're right. The timing really couldn't be better. And I know uh, with uh, with our schedule and with Vinay's, it, it's been uh, it took a while to get him scheduled. And uh, I think he's on school break right now. I know he was pretty overwhelmed with uh, his doctoral program. So excited that uh, this was able to work out. And I think the timing is right as we as, as you know, everybody's trying to reopen and get back to normal, but we don't want to let this, we don't want to let this fall by the wayside either. It's so yeah. important. Hey, uh, before we jump in and, and get Vinay, we definitely want to get there. Um, I want to, we want, we, we don't want to forget to thank Zor.ai and that's X-O-R 
uh, and Success Performance Solutions for sponsoring Geek Skeezers and Googleization. I think this is our 102nd show that we've done. Uh, we sort of missed it a couple of weeks ago. It was our 100. I think this is 102nd. Um, it blurs day. Everything just seems to run together. But uh, we, we got a lot of shows under our belt, a lot of really great people. And uh, we thank our sponsors for, for being part of that. Uh, and, um, you know, if, if you're interested in sponsoring, please let Keith or me know. Uh, we've, we've got a few slots open, and uh, but we'll be looking for our next calendar year as well. So if you got an event, you want to do it for a few weeks, you want to do it for the year, uh, we can we can help you accommodate that. Uh, one final thing, we are live today. If you got some questions, uh, put them in the chat. Go up to 4 uh, w4cy.com. Send them in the chat. Um, if you, you can call 561 623 9429, uh, but it's sometimes easier just to do as a chat or post something on uh, LinkedIn or Twitter, and uh, we'll try to grab it. So, it's probably, Ira, it's probably worth mentioning that the chat line has been blowing up these last couple of weeks, yeah, which is super it was cool. Really good. Yeah, I'm we sure. might not get to answer your question. Please don't think we hate you. It's just one of those things. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for that. Again, last week, I know we had so many good questions, but we were deep into it in conversation as well. And uh, but if you uh, if you leave a, a, an email or some type of contact information, even after the show, we'll be happy to, to kind of reach out to you. So I mentioned um, we, we want to bring on Vinay at this point. Uh, he's been furiously working on his doctoral program, uh, plus doing a lot of other other things. Uh, but again, his passions are ageism. Uh, I think that was the first topic that we had a conversation about. But a lot of it's about income inequality. Um, I'm sure social inequalities are wrapped up in there. And the pandemic really kind of laid that bare. Uh, so excited to, to bring you on, Vinay. You there? Yeah. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're doing Good. well. We're doing well. How and uh, am, am I correct that you're uh, you're on a little bit of break from school at this point? <laughs> Actually, I decided to uh, take the uh, full summer semester, take the advantage of of doing a, a full load um, this summer because of the unfortunate uh, uh, situation with Corona. So uh, I just started uh, this week. Oh, okay. It started up again already. So. Started up again. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, I know you've been working furiously on um, some of these topics, and uh, and 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 we definitely want to pick your brain. So I, I'm not sure where we start, but I know one of them is on unemployment. I know you've done a lot of work, you know, with that. Uh, and uh, I guess one of the questions is, um, you know, other than the facts are, we got almost 40 million people unemployed. Uh, there's probably going to be more each week for at least a few weeks. Uh, and then, uh, you know, in the fall with uh, transportation, uh, I've said this a couple of times, hundreds of thousands of people employed in the airline industry, they've got a they had bailout money and, uh, you know, they're anticipating they're going to be laying off, uh, you know, half their workforce um, in, in the fall. So, you know, we're, we're going to continue to see a lot of people. So what, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, what's. Um, you know, are, are we going to see an end to this? Is this permanent high unemployment? And then we'll dig down a little bit deeper and how does it affect the different in different generations? How's that affecting income inequality? You know, chicken or the egg? Yeah, sure. So unemployment uh, is obviously much bigger today um, than it was. Let's just go back to Q4 2019 or just go back to 2018, 2019. Um, I think we had a... Uh, the, we had statistics that were reporting around 
unemployment being as low as three percent, uh, right, guys? About three, three and a half percent. We were yeah, depending where you, yeah, and, and even much lower than that for right. college grads and skilled labor. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the the important thing is is what was it really statistically? Uh, so we can start there before we jump into Corona twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I was writing and researching a lot about unemployment and what the real statistics look like. And I was saying, as I do in my book, that it was closer to 10%, uh, even though every month, every quarter, we were getting three, three and a half percent. I was happy to find that uh, Harvard backed up my claims that it was around 10%, uh, actually Q4 of 2019, in a very comprehensive 71-page paper that they did. So unemployment is really bigger than we think uh, than mainstream people think it is. Uh, so we can start there. That unemployment is, the statistics of 3% were not really accurate. So uh, maybe, so Vinay, maybe you're going to get into this now, but I, I, if not, I, I don't want to skip over it. Can, are you going to talk about the discrepancy? You know, how, wh- why does one, why does the government report 3% and the, the other studies and you and, and people like you are reporting 10%? Okay, well, I'll, I'll make it nice and easy uh, with one major component. Um, and this should uh, hit home with anybody that uh, has been unemployed at any point in time over the last 30 years, 40 years. When you go to unemployment or you get on unemployment, you go to your unemployment office, um, you get six months of unemployment. At least that's what we get in New Jersey and, and New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's across the country. You get six months of unemployment benefits financially. After that, you're done. Of course, you can continue to use their services for job training and stuff like that. But you don't get any more financial benefits and assistance. So what happens when you're at six months and one week? You're basically kind of off the grid. They're no longer tallying you because you're not being counted because they're not giving you any money. So if you're longer or long-term unemployed, and there are millions of Americans, as forget this year, as of last year, the year before, that were simply not counted. And that's kind of my point. The government doesn't count uh, people unemployed past six months. So there you have it. Yep. So, and, and the other part of that, I, I don't think it's it's included in the equation, but there's also a significant amount of people who are underemployed as well. You know, people who were laid off from from a position. You know, maybe the job's been eliminated. Maybe maybe that it, that that whole occupation's been eliminated. But people have certain skills that aren't required, and therefore they're working to make you know at a fast food or they're doing another job. Uh, and they're or a lot of college graduates. They they have degrees, but they're they're working fast food. Uh, so there's there's also an un- underemployed component to to that. I don't know if it's included in the 10 percent, but um, it may maybe it's even higher w- with the underemployed. Well, yeah. So I, I there's a clear distinction that I'd like to present. Unemployed is unemployed. You're not working. Right. Underemployed is a completely different component of our society and our culture. And it is flown under the radar. It's never talked about. We can go into underemployed um, right now, or we could talk more a little bit more about unemployment. Um, do you want me to make you, uh, should I present the uh, the scenarios of underemployment? 
Um, your choice. I'll, I'll, I'll let this up to you. You're the expert on this more. You know, we we can talk about it, but you, you you've done the research behind it. So whichever you feel is going to be more important for our listeners. So in a short, we we only have a short period of time to to talk about all these important issues. Yeah, sure. So let's let's just uh, talk a little bit more about what unemployment looks like. I guess let's let's get it up to speed, right? So the last time there was actual data uh, that uh, um, about unemployed people was looking at what happened during, I guess, the Great Recession, yeah? Uh, and there was a point where there was about 20% of Americans that were un unemployed. Um, what happens to people during that time? Uh, unemployment, of course, is a very uh, personal situation that happens to people, and so they deal with it in personal scenarios. Um, a lot of scientific journals and data po uh, polled, for example, uh, the dot-com crash, where alcohol increased significantly uh, because of these uh, factors. Um, when people become long-term unemployed, they tend to experience strained family relations. Um, I can just, you can just imagine if a, if a husband who is the breadwinner of a home uh, loses a job, is long-term unemployed, what kind of strains does that put on that person's family or a woman who's the breadwinner? Doesn't either one. Uh, now, what happens when both man and, you know, husband and wife, uh, both parents deal with that during a recession. And I've talked to many, many countless people during both of the past dot-com and great recessions where both were hit at some point. One loses a job, the other one has a pay cut. So um, now all of a sudden social status drops. You, uh, some of the studies that I've uh, read, uh, up to 40% of people unemployed lose close friendships. 40% also lose self-respect, and 25% seek professional help for depression. Note, that's 25% that were polled that were said they were seeking professional help. What about the people that seek it that don't want to say they're seeking it? And then what about the people that are too embarrassed to seek it? And right. they think there's something, you know, even more deeply wrong. So then they, what happens to them? I can tell you, as I had mentioned about alcohol increasing in each of these situations with unemployment, forget recession. I'm just talking about unemployment. What happens when it's unemployment and recession? Uh, so of course, alcohol and these things uh, increase. I'll, I'll uh, give you one really nice big uh, uh, piece of data. Between 1999 and 2014, the APA, American Psychological Association, reported a 64% increase in the number of people using antidepressants during, again, 99 to 2014. That's a 15-year period. Is it any wonder that that time frame sandwiches the dot-com crash, 9-11 tragedy, and the Great Recession? So, you know, we talk about op opioid addiction, and we often think, oh, they might be, you know, drug users or younger people. No, they're actually educated white collar or blue collar and blue collar, but educated, good, well-to-do mothers, fathers, parents. They're in this 64% increase because of things that they can't control like recession and unemployment. That's what, you know, a big picture of what unemployment kind of looks like, guys. 
Yeah, for sure. So, you know, part of that, and I know we're talking about, I, I know there's a lot in the news now about uh, the co- coronavirus, uh, you know, impacting lower income, um, especially uh, for, from an ethnic group. Um, it's certainly not equal between, you know, uh, with, the hev- with the disparate um, kind of distribution to uh, Hispanics and blacks. Um, you know, and again, many of those, many of, um, uh, uh, you know, many of the people who were employed in those areas were also the lower wage uh, income earners. A lot of the, not only the first responders, but the grocery workers, the meatpacking, you know, the, the, the manufacturing, the, the food service. Um, so, you know, part of this is, is also, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the unemployment rate, we had a three and a half percent, approximately, give or take a tenth of a percent, unemployment rate on the average. But, you know, five, it was like five percent. It was lowest on record, but it was still about five percent for blacks. Um, Hispanics were, you know, uh, slightly higher, I think. I don't remember the exact numbers. Um, but I know in the in the Great Recession, where the average unemployment rose to the high sixes, I believe, maybe it hit seven. Um, the unemployment rate for blacks and Hispanics was in double digits. You know, so this isn't when we use when we talk about averages, it's always a problem because <laughs> averages are averages. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily show how severely some groups are impacted. So what I know, you again, you've studied this extensively. What, what have you seen um, or have you seen anything in, uh, you know, this, in different groups? Well, yeah, uh, and I appreciate that, Ira. So we get a lot of those kind of statistics, right? And we get that in mainstream news about uh, ethnic and lower income being impacted. But I was in technology talent acquisition recruiting from 97 to current. And when you really look at that, uh, I was pulsing on a daily basis, you know, who was blowing up my phones? It was college educated, middle and upper class people. So that's where a bulk of my real world experience came from and how I got interested in this, because we talk a lot about poor, but I'm making a strong case that it's not just them. In fact, it's the silent majority of the middle class, which is where a lot of my, basically all my experience uh, and research focuses on. So I'm trying to make a case that, first of all, it was never really 3% when, it, when, we, were, when we were hearing that it was 3%, because major factual uh, uh, institutions and academics say it wasn't, and I say it wasn't too. Uh, So there's that. But two, um, if ethnic and lower income are being hurt, and they are, we're forgetting about a huge, huge major group, which is the middle class. It is the biggest class, right? The the upper class is the top 20. The bottom poverty and lower class is the bottom 20. But that big sandwich, that meat, that steak in between is the middle class. And I'm saying they're the ones that are going to feel a huge rippling effect. And they have each and every time the recession comes and lasts far past what the stock market shows, which is a horrible indicator of anything that we talk about recessions. Because the top 10% of Americans 
the the rich the, the ultra rich billionaire class they own the vast vast majority of the stock market so horrible calculations uh but um that's what i'm trying to say i'm saying that we're gonna you're gonna see a lot of people that are college educated that are going to be displaced a lot of people that are college educated and they're not living in small town or rust belt talking about the biggest cities and the middle class all the cities across the entire country it's that group that's going to be hit just as bad and they're probably not going to hear we're not going to hear a lot about them so so today we're coming up on a break here um but when we come back i want to push and i think keith's got a question too but i, I want to push back a, a little bit on that um be, you know which i on, on because a lot of the lower income and a lot of minorities uh were part uh w- which we found out during the pandemic were became the essential workers um and and so uh, again and also going to technology it also is is being in technology also has um, a dependency, I guess, on being in the middle class. Um, so is, is is some of the data skewed because it, it's it's a known fact that uh, lower edu- basically some of the many of the minorities are lower educated. They don't have the technology skills that need to be put in what you know, kind of the industry and and the area that you were focused in. So um, I'm going to push back on that a little bit and and just get your take on it. I'm not sure either of us are right or wrong, um, but that's what this conversation's about. And and if anybody has any opinions, if anybody has heard anything that they agreed with or disagree with, uh, please please let us know. Uh, throw it in throw it in the chat. Uh, put it on LinkedIn or challenge us afterwards. Uh, but in the meantime, you've been listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. We got our guest Vinay Singh. We've been talking about unemployment. Uh, we've been talking about the inequalities of unemployment and the miss the underreported under underemployment. Pretty big gap just a few months ago between three and a half percent and ten percent. Uh, so we'll be picking that up as we come back from the break. Uh, we're going to hear from our sponsors, Zor.ai. That's XOR.ai and Success Performance Solutions. So stay right right where you are. We'll be right back. <music> Hi everyone, this is Ira Wolf, author of Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. I'm excited to announce that my online course, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter, is open for business. This course is the culmination of a two-year-long project and releases recruiting tips I've learned after hundreds of hours of research, speaking with thousands of conference attendees, and interviews with dozens of experts. It's all available to you in Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. To receive more information or get started, visit our website at www.successperformancesolutions.com and click on the tab, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. Imagine how your company would grow if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating. Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chat bots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 455%. Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out Zor.ai. That's XOR.ai.
Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. This is Ira Wolf. I'm here with my co-host, Keith Compagna, and our special guest today is Vinay Singh. We've been talking about unemployment, uh, some of the uh, problems with that, especially in today's environment, but also historically, uh, Vinay's been sharing with us some of the historical data, uh, and um, we're going to continue that conversation. So uh, I know... Uh, Keith, you had a question before we kind of hopped on for the break. Um, we'll go there, and then I'm going to push back a little bit on on Vinay, and uh, then we're going to look for some solutions. What what's some of the forecast? Yeah, no, that, that that's really where I, my curiosity was, Ira. Uh, you know, Vinay, you've you've amassed so much insight on the trends, and and you know, there's there is something to be said, and I'm glad you said it on the show here that there is perception and then there's reality and you got to wonder where the data comes from and when you look at the financial markets it definitely feels to me like there's this uh you know the money goes to where the money is and it doesn't really reflect the middle class like you said um in terms of recovery right your data talks about all of the dips but i'm kind of curious about what it is people are doing or have done historically that maybe people in the in, that are recently laid off and maybe even for the first time in their career, what can they start looking towards or, or, or reading about that could help maybe, um, you know, repeat the past in a positive way? Well, I, I think what we got to do is uh, we talk a lot about reskilling and that's a big thing that uh, I, all three of us are very involved in the talent acquisition, the human resource space. Uh, uh, coupled with technology. And there are some things that are really important. Uh, so from the individual level, whether you're unemployed or you're not unemployed, it's important to be doing exactly this. Now's not the time to just be sitting around and collecting your unemployment check. And if you are employed, now is also not the time to get uh, lazadaisical about it uh, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You really don't. Um, I think anybody that's been in, in the business or in the workforce over the last 10 years can can uh, 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 appreciate that. So what are the important things that we all need to do is reskill. So I'm a big proponent of education. I, you guys both know about that. I'm, I'm always in school uh, learning about two things, leadership and technology. So I'm studying different kinds of technology that – that are uh, uh, it's part of my program, which is machine learning and AI, and making you know how companies are transitioning from their SaaS uh, development to to these kinds of things. Uh, Internet is everything in uh, IoT and, and ML and uh, and virtual uh, reality and stuff like that, and moving away from software as a service. Right. So there's that. So learn about technologies because you're going to need it one way or another in whatever you're going to be doing in the future. So there's that. Uh, and I think now would be even more of an importance for companies to look at their current employees and say, you know, we talk a big thing about reskilling and how our employees are our number one asset. But how many companies are actively engaged in putting X amount of profit towards instead of R&D if you're a scientific company into their people if you're professional services are you reskilling your people so there's a great opportunity for people at the individual level 
And there's a great opportunity at the corporate level to do something about this. And oh, by the way, I'll just mention this for corporations and for any uh, HR or any other leader, uh, executive in a, in a corporate capacity. Um, this is no surprise that America has a talent shortage. So if you have talented people that don't have the skills, why don't you give it to them? I couldn't agree more, Vinay. I, I'm, I love that answer. I think there, there was, prior to 2020, a massive opportunity. Ira, you, we, I mean, it almost feels like we talked about it every other week on the show. But there's a massive opportunity for the companies that take the effort and the time to reskill so that their employees could see a little bit ahead of the curve. And we know we're, now we're talking about organizational change. We're talking about digital transformation. It's not the three-headed monster that everybody thinks it might be. And now it almost, right, Vinay, it almost begs the question, do you have any other options? You know, and, and, and for the record, for those listening out there, I'm not trying to pretend this is easy where you could just wave a wand over this problem and it'll magically transform your organization. I just think that there's a sincere opportunity that every organization, no matter how big they are or what industry they're in, I think that they could find people in the marketplace that for a reasonable rate can help them transform their company into a company that's much more efficient, which when you know with efficiencies comes uh, lower cost of ownership all across the board, all across the board. Yeah, uh, Keith, well said. And, uh, you know, I'm going to push back a little bit on my my own industry and, and my own niche, uh, you know, which is talent acquisition, recruiting, staffing, however you want to say it. Um, I think that would be a really good time for recruiters to stop interview question insanity, uh, <laughs> absurd questions, um, asking trick questions. You know, I don't think that's needed anymore. Uh, I've worked with and I'm not going to say names, but some of the top companies all over the world. Uh, a lot of them are household names and people love and badly want to work at them. I was inside I was inside their culture and I heard, you know, candidates come back and said, you know, if you were dropped off on Mars, uh, you know, what would be the one thing that you pack? You know, why do you ask these kinds of questions <laughs> on one of the most uh, uh, stressful um, scenarios that any human being goes through, including you? Mr. Uh, hiring manager that's doing the interviewing? Is it for entertainment? Or are you really looking to find somebody that has a lot of good qualities that you're really looking for? Uh, I can't tell you. If I had a penny for every interview insanity uh, question I heard, I'd, I'd be on a yacht, uh, you know, off of Key West. But, uh, you know, so interview question insanity has got to stop. Uh, we don't need to put people through the ringer. Uh, we're all human here. Uh, and it, it, going through the interview process is one of the most stressful things behind uh, death and divorce, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. I'm not even kidding. Uh, that people go through. It's extremely stressful. So don't make it like that. So HR and talent acquisition, they need a, a, a reset um, on a lot of those kinds of components and the processes and policies that we, we uh, incorporate and, and that we execute. Because a lot of the execution is not well done, and I and I've watched this time, you know, year in year and year out, decade in decade out. Uh, so I've I've got a, a very comprehensive plan for that. Anyways, uh, if anybody wants to reach out and discuss that, but um, that's a big thing. Let's stop that kind of stuff, and let's yeah. let's also stop focusing on what did you do last. 
what have you done that are major accomplishments? Talk about it. Uh, I can tell you that uh, one time I was on an interview and I was discussing uh, some of my leadership ba background and they're like, oh, wow, I don't see that on your current position. And I'm like, oh, no, it was uh, two positions down. And they're like, oh, we don't look at anything past the first two positions. Really? When, when did uh, skills and, uh, you know, soft skills and, and accomplishments go stale? It's not like bread or uh, broccoli. I don't know. So there's a <laughs> lot of things that we can do in the industry yep. and they're quick fixes. They're, they're actually logical fixes. So, so it's pretty interesting. Uh, and, and Keith, uh, I mean, two weeks ago, we had uh, Declan Murphy from Allsorter, uh, which, by the way, was one of the most popular shows we had. But uh, Vinay, he, he talked a lot of, we talked a lot about interviewing. I mean, that's what his company does, the technology, and on, on, on basically beyond, this is beyond way parsing the uh, resume. Um, but way beyond that. But uh, he was sharing some research that that he has and based on other research that the interview, the traditional interview is uh, maybe 50 percent successful at predicting somebody, which is as good as flipping a coin. The bigger problem is it's not only asking the wrong questions like you were asking or irrelevant questions that don't really tie. They may be interesting answers, but they don't really tie into the success of the person. Uh, even Google stopped doing that, you know, years ago. I mean, that was the big thing. Everybody had these great questions from Google. And then, you know, they said, no, oh, we're not even doing that anymore because it didn't relate to the success on the job. Uh, so I couldn't agree with you more on that. The other interesting thing that you said, by the way, and I talk about this all the time, the study of where job change, and can you imagine where it is now? Job change on a scale of one to 100 had a rating of 36. Now, that may not seem to be a lot, but 37, at 37 was the death of a friend. So the stress incurred by the death of a friend rated the same way as the stress in changing a job. So I talk a lot about that, not necessarily from COVID or interviewing, but just saying company, this is why companies need to change their brand, their interview process, how they treat people, their behaviors, because people just give up because it's just too darn stressful. I hate my job, but it's worse making a change. Now, all these people are thrown into the mix. So there's a real opportunity for companies to, to change the way they hire and recruit because there's a lot of really good people out there that are looking for a change, but don't make it so ridiculously hard by doing stupid, as you said, stupid questions and, you know, just just an insane process. So um, the, the other thing is. Um, uh, lost, oh, reskilling. You were talking about it. There's a real opportunity there for both companies and employees and individuals. Um, you know, everywhere from Stanford and Harvard and MIT down to Kisera, uh is offering free courses. Uh, learn a new skill, become better at Excel, learn how to use Word, uh, learn how to become a leader, a manager, you know, better communicator. There is so much out there. And rather than waiting for somebody to call you back, take advantage of it. Um, and the same thing for employers. I've, I actually, we, we launched an LMS, uh, just to, not mine, but uh, somebody else's uh, a few weeks ago. And we've already brought three small employers. Uh, one had 50 employees when they're like a 70. One had 20. 
And they're saying, hey, while we're down, we're going to take this opportunity to offer new skills to our employees. It doesn't cost you anything. Do it. Or it costs minimal. <laughs> and we're, we're, coming up, we're coming up here towards the end here, but I thought it made sense um, to throw this out there to you, Vinay. There seems to be, and, and Ira, there's like this interesting element where the recruitment, let's go back to recruiters, right? The, we all know, and probably anybody who's been unemployed who's trying to get a job knows that the entire recruitment process seems to be cattywampus recruiters are minimized in their ability to actually dive deep into a person's characteristics and their and their character and their history because of time pressure and, and the hurry up momentum of finding a, uh, the right person. Technology filters out so many variables. And then you have things like artificial intelligence, Ira, that almost eliminates that concern because it it could do both. It could speed it up with time and it could go deeper into the content and the context of a person's experience. How do you see that, Vinay? How do you see the the use and the the um, the implementation of the next level of technology? You mentioned the Internet of Things, which is kind of a whole nother level, but how do you see the the new le- that next level of technology change in the game. Well, it's in its infancy, Keith. Um, and I'll, I'll, we've watched as technology has had such a big push and is touted as the end all be all. It's been this way since the nineties. Um, and I, I'll just put it like this: you know, a lot of the AI um, is it's a lot of scrubbing of a, re- a candidate's resume to look for how many times a person's uh, keywords are used that match the job description, right? Do we know about that, right? So, yeah. but first of all, through the decades, the resume has gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. So bottom line, if the candidate writes less, there's less for the AI and the computers to go through. So there's number one. Number two, um, just because somebody, if somebody's smart and they look at a job description and they're, uh, you know, they've got the wherewithal to say, okay, I know how this AI technology is going to work. It's a Cisco engineering position. I'm going to pepper my entire resume with Cisco engineering, even though I don't really know it that well. That person's going to be part of the group that's going to be interviewed. Whereas a lot of people that have solid Cisco engineering experience, but they're talking in a different way on their resume, because not everybody is an AI, how do talent acquisition technologies work, which almost nobody does, right? Especially if you're busy out there in the world doing your own job, uh, you're not gonna write it like that. So a huge amount of the most talented people are probably never seen, and there's no technology that's going to account or do anything about it. I have watched, since the 90s, how employee uh, disengagement and employee first year retention uh, has increased. Is it any wonder that people are less and less and less um, in charge of the process? There's a huge correlation, my friend. Uh, I don't think I'm going to change the wave of tech taking over. I'm not going to. But I'm saying straight up, um, we've done ourselves humanity and society a disservice 
by allowing silliness to override our logical thinking. I mean, this is just so plain to see. Yep. AI is just looking for keywords. If you don't have enough keywords, you're not getting in. If you're smart enough to override the AI, just throw a Cisco every other word and boom, you're the number one candidate that's going to be interviewed. It's just, we don't have it down pat. It's not a science. It's just, you know what? It's just like playing crafts at the table. That's all this AI technology is at 1.0, which is where we are today. Well, so you, you, I would suggest, I'm sorry, uh, that humans take more of an active role in the process. And guess what? You're going to find bigger engagement uh, and, a, a, and a deeper sense of, of what humans' worth is and still is today in the workplace. Well, we've been talking a lot about that, about keeping the human and HR. And that's certainly, uh, you know, what, what your message has been. And uh, we're going to continue talking about it. So uh, we hope to get you back on the show. You, you got a lot of progress and or, as you're moving through your doctorate. And, and as you write about things, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll be calling upon you uh, again, Vinay. Uh, how can someone get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you? What's the best way? Yeah, sure. I, uh, so I'm on LinkedIn. Um so you can just Google my name, Vinay Singh, and I'm sure I'll pop up. Uh, and my book is on Amazon, Your Future in Pieces, The Brutal Truth, How Ageism and Income Inequality Are Destroying America. I've got uh, my Gen Z leadership book is, is about to come out, um, hopefully by the end of the year. Um, and there's actually going to be a, 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 an age and wage, which is my initiative, which is what your future in pieces is about the 2.0 version uh, or the second book is coming out uh, probably at the beginning of the year or maybe at the end of the next year. Let's see how, how much time I get to uh, finish the projects. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a busy guy, Vinay. You're a busy yeah. guy. I, I know that. So, Hey, I appreciate you taking time out. Uh, good luck in your, in your studies and then everything else. We'll look forward to getting the book. And for anybody interested, you can go up to Amazon and uh, look for the future in pieces. And you can go to LinkedIn and look for Vinay Singh. It's S-I-N-G-H. Thank you, Vinay. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Great, Vinay. Thank you. Keith, um, we got a lot going on. Hey, just as a follow-up, because we're going to continue this conversation, especially on the the skill, how, how we need to reskill and upskill. Uh, Ed Gordon, as I mentioned, doing my webinar tomorrow, uh, that's what he studied for literally almost 40 years. He's written 30 books on this subject, uh, and he works with a lot of governments, and uh, he, he's really strong in public, um, private public partnerships uh, in, in doing that, and he's done that across not only the country, but the world. So uh, for anybody interested in continuing the conversation, hopefully you'll join us tomorrow. Keith, uh, some final words here. I think Vinay's doing phenomenal work, and you know, it's it's interesting, Ira, here we are. We This is probably the most in-your-face topic I remember talking as it relates to just overall discomfort amongst mm -hmm. the humans in, in organizations. And to think that the technology is there and now is the time to take advantage of it, I'm awfully curious to see what, what happens. I think uh, I'm, I'm grateful that Vinay was able to come on and drop some of this insight and, and you know, on to the next one. Let's see what people are going to do about it, right? Yeah, we're, we're just scratching the surface. I had so many other questions, in it, but I wanted <laughs> to cover some of the solutions. But, uh, yeah, there, there's so many uh, inequalities, uh, whether it's age, social, income, uh, ethnic. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. So hopefully we'll be able to continue this conversation because that's going to be some of the maybe the most important work that we do. We, we can certainly 
improve technology, but uh, improve, improving humanity, or as I'm calling it, the humanization of work, uh, is going to be a continuing subject. And I know you're doing that as well with integration, uh, life work integration. So. Yes, sir. We'll, we'll continue it. Um, a reminder for everybody to um, make sure you do join Googleization Nation. You'll get updates about the show, uh, the webinars. Uh, I got a couple live streams going on tomorrow. We're going to be talking about somebody about the new uh, remote work in the new normal. Uh, tomorrow, I've got uh, Enrique de Gaior. Um, great, great guy. He's going to be on noon. So, anybody who's uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, Facebook, tomorrow at noon. And then Friday, actually talking with Dan Irvin on another live stream at 11.30 a.m. about finding a job. He's a C-level uh, executive who's out there looking. So, uh, And he's going to share some of his tips, and it's fascinating. That's how I met him. Um, and so, uh, again, we got a lot going on. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining today's show. Thank you, Vinay Singh, for being our guest. Uh, don't forget to go to Googleization Nation. Thank you, Zor, that's XOR.ai and Success Performance Solutions for helping us be on the air and sponsoring the show. Uh, until next week, Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, W4CY.com. Um, we'll be right back here uh, with another guest. And you can listen to all our archives on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart. Uh, you pretty much name it, we're there. This is Ira Wolf and Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans. Thank you.